It's Quizzercast time, and today we've got a special one for you. A long-running, award-winning detective manga. Huh? Conan? No, why would we be talking about that barbarian on another episode? Of that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. A.K.A. the Trash Manga Friends Podcast, episode 88. And Miss Anthrope teaches a class for trash manga. And don't forget, use the code F-Y-I-A-F-A-I-K-U-L-O-L-J-K-T-T-Y-L to go buy your tie and fishing lore only while stocks last. You know, 88. Wow, episodes in. What this is, it's the one where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga. Analyzing what's good and shouting objection to what's trash. I am your forever host, Ad Nornshawn. Uh, joined by Deus Ex Mykina and Veni Vidi Filti. How are you both? Warm. So hot. And the best part is it's not even the Sunday today. It's not. It's like it's like it's been not even the hot day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it worked the joke works on multiple levels, but uh, yeah. Like it's uh, it's been quite warm in the UK recently, which you know, we're destroying the planet, that's pretty normal. And and as a result of that, it's been quite sunny, quite warm. That's great. And then the rains came, and now it's just sitting in a sauna. It's like oh, I'm dying. You're getting to experience raw danger in person. <laughs> I mean, may as well be. I am. I'm dying a hot, sticky, slick, sweaty death. It is. Ugh. The smells are coming off of me. It's it's been beautiful. Yes, it's been a lovely couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, sun- whatever you're into, man. <laughs> for the, I, you know my kinks by now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lovely sunny time in here in Britain. It's just been really, really good for the one or two people in our clique who like the sun, i.e. me. Mm-hmm. For everyone else, you've got these moaning bitches being like, wow, it's hot. And then it rains and now they're like, wow, it's humid. It's like, well... Human is worse. The EU has backed one side of this argument up. In what way? In the way that they're blocking out the sun. You're not getting your sun shield. You're not getting your (laughs) Mr. Burns. No, no, they're going more matrix. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're gonna stick smoke and particles into the atmosphere. Oh, weather manipulation's been a thing for fucking decades, yeah. Like cloud seeding. The plot of the matrix is that all of the AI was getting too strong. And so they wanted to kill its fuel source and they blocked out the sun by just covering the entire sky in complete solid cloud cover and storms. So, yeah, we're actually kind of getting toward the Matrix. That's awkward. Because <laughs> famously, that story ended very well for humans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nod, having never seen the Matrix. Um, something, something, uh, red pill. Man, I know... I know you don't watch movies, but... <laughs> right? There's a few that, like, everyone has seen. <laughs> Unborn children have seen some of these movies. I know you haven't. I feel you're, di- like, uh, someone of my age should have probably seen The Matrix, but I think if you went up to most people who are under 20 these days, they won't have seen The Matrix. Hey, no, no they might have seen The Matrix. 2022. I never saw that, but hey, apparently, apparently it was all was right. It was wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was recent-ish, 22, 21, something like that. 21. Something around there, but yeah, like, yeah, apparently that was actually okay. Not great, but okay. I have to admit, I have not seen that one. I have also not seen it. That's kind of, kind of reflective of everyone else. Like, the people who have seen it think it's fine, and everyone else doesn't care. <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
surprised you haven't seen the matrix like because as you point out our age group that thing was fucking everywhere i i did not my my mother did not care for movies so i did not care for movies i think before coming to uni i've been to cinema all of about five times in... there's no saving some people just yeah movies there or were there. I'm, I'm more fond of them now but you know yeah i mean i know i'm aware there's no saving me because i watched these the second spider-verse film was like eh and <laughs> got persecuted alive for this opinion i mean that that's what we do when we examine the evidence much like this manga <laughs> oh my god mike stop trying to pause on topic How <laughs> how's that you? for a segue you you say my segues are bad <laughs> hey it's not my job i'm doing the best i got <laughs> I, okay okay well as Mike not so subtly shunted us onto then, <laughs> let's talk about the manga for this fortnight. We have been doing QED, Quad Erat Demonstradum, aka QED Shomei Shurio. This is a mystery manga that ran from June 1997 to February 2015, 50 volumes in total. Written and drawn by Motohiro Kato, who has done mostly stuff within this franchise. I'll get to that in a moment. But uh, a few other works as well. This isn't licensed, surprisingly. You can't buy this in the shops. And there is no anime version. There is, however, a sequel manga called QED If, spelt with two Fs, which has been running since April 2015 with 24 volumes currently. And a spin-off called CMB Shinra Hakubutsuken no Jiken Mokuro, which ran from September 2005 to August 2020 for 45 volumes, which is kind of an alternate setting slash companion piece to QED. There was also a 10-episode live-action series back in 2009. And speaking of 2009, this was the joint winner of 2009's 33rd Kodansha Manga Award for Shonen. And if you're going, but Sean, you've already talked about 2009's 33rd Kodansha Manga Award. Yes, this tied with Fairy Tale for that award. You couldn't make this up. But uh, no anime, which really threw me for a loop. But no, there's, there's never been an anime version of this. It's sequel or cmb so surprising but uh what is it all about phil please tell us about qed make sense of the conan joke i made at the start what yeah, is I didn't, I didn't get that at all what's this manga <laughs> oh what yeah i didn't get it <laughs> did, like did you legitimately not get it is there a reference i'm not getting i'm, I'm... did do you know detective conan at all no fucking uh, hell <laughs> i'm googling oh, it i Detective Conan, one of the longest running and most successful jump mangas of all time. So, Mike, Mike, oh, that hit, one. hit me out. Don't you yeah. say, oh, that one. No, I know the visuals, I just didn't know the name. <laughs> hear me out, Mike. Yeah. Who created Dragon Ball? <laughs> Akira Toriyama. Okay, okay, we're, we're good on that front still. <laughs> it's in my brain forever now. I, I blew a gasket trying to remember <laughs> that one, and it's, it's still damaged, it's still there. <laughs> You don't actually remember the name, you just remember the damage, and that's that's what gets you there. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Oh dear, so, okay. QED, <laughs> what's it about, and why Why am I making Detective Conan references, Phil? I just can't, <clears throat> even. I'm on a manga show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that, I guess. QED follows our main characters, Toma and Mizuhara. Toma being the genius that he is, graduated from MIT at age 15 and decided to come back and live in Japan and go to high school. 
There he meets Mizuhara, the daughter of the police chief, and they get dragged into all sorts of crazy mysteries and murders in which they have to solve. Now, you say dragged into. I. One of them certainly getting dragged into it. Sure, sure. Hello, hello, friend and or relative. What <laughs> murder mystery do you have for me today? Oh yeah, we, there is only four chapters over these first two volumes, and that's because they are so fucking long. Yeah, like a hundred pages long each. Yeah. Fun little factoid in that one. Chapter three, uh, which we read, is uh, <laughs> around the hundred and fifty page mark, which makes it the longest single narrative thing we've ever done on this show. Or yeah, like a so chapter. I mean, I'm just going to go Even ahead and Even look back wasn't that long. If, I, if I'm forgetting details here and there, um, yes, it is my fault. No, I will not be apologizing. <laughs> no, nah, uh, you, nah, you're allowed. It, it's, <laughs> it's, I, yeah, even I'll forgive you this time if you <laughs> missed bits, Mike. The, stuff that's going one ear and out the other at times, especially when there is a hundred plus pages of it. Yeah, and so this thing, even though it was only four chapters, it was very, very long, and each one of these chapters focuses on a different murder mystery specifically always murder and it's specifically mm, always a mystery specifically always murder chapter four is a, a car oh, okay. no yeah you're right you're right yeah i already forgetting stuff there you go this, this is four chapters mike <laughs> i no no you don't get to pull it's four chapters <laughs> when they're the like mike. i do when it's the overall premise of the chapter as opposed say, to the minutiae but we're being forgiving on you forgetting details here you're forgetting a straight That's up Entire detail. plot of a chapter. That's a detail. <laughs> that a was detail. the shortest chapter of anything. It, you should remember that was. the most. It was the most focused. Oh, that one's only sixty-one pages. Yeah, that's tiny by comparison. <laughs> I mean, it's got to make up for the fact the previous chapter was like Fuck three times out. its length. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, point is, they, in your words, Phil, get dragged into these mysteries, but not really. They. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I, I'd argue that they do get dragged into the one that happens in Chapter 3, but at least the one that happens in Chapter 1 and 2, someone is murdered, and they go out of their way to interfere with it. Like, no, we must solve this crime. <laughs> like, I, why? Yeah. And coincidentally, one of their parents is the detective assigned to this case every time. So Not that. every time. Okay, well, at least the first two times, anyway. Like, some of the time, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Not every time. Very conveniently. But to be fair, he, that person's never been the reason why they've done it. It's always been my school friend or mm -hmm. my old college professor, I think, in the yeah. case of Chapter 3. They always seem to have yeah. some sort of personal connection to the crime, which is, again, quite convenient. It just uh, reminds me of a British show, and there's like a billion like it, oh, uh, called Midsummer Murders. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! That's my main comparison note on here. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, this is a sleepy village in the middle of the British countryside. Eventually, everyone's going to be dead. <laughs> no, no, I, I do just want to clarify, make sure you do You do remember that they didn't all take place in the same village, right? In Midsummer. No, Earth. they don't. They, they take okay. place in the same region. He's like I, in a parish or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know, I'm being a bit facetious, but still. It's like, yeah, like, not this many people can be murdered this close to each other. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Like, at a certain point, people start moving because of the high murder rate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And they're always completely different murderers as well. <laughs> completely disconnected. That's the, I, I think the bit of a progressive movie, because essentially you only really have two main characters when in yeah. bits of murders, you only have Troy and Barnaby, whoever, whoever Barnaby's partnered with. 
yeah. uh, the thing. Uh, as you say, it's a completely different cast of characters each time outside of that and the dad character. Like, even even the people who you might think in chapter one, you might like, she has um, the lead female as a friend in chapter one who's like part of the tied into the murder. And then I thought, ah, oh, so they're going to be one of the more, not necessarily main characters, but they're going to come back. Nope, God, poof, vanished. This is a recurring thing with whodunits in general. Like, I can just think of a bunch off the top of my head. Like, Poirot only has a, like, a standing cast of like two or three people at most anything sherlock holmes like it's it's always yeah. been like this there's a couple of main characters and then the rest of them are padding and or targets that's that's fair although i feel that the difference when you're in manga especially when you yeah now admittedly 50 volumes in this case only translates to about 100 chapters <laughs> but uh even so like you expect there to be more of a i'm not gonna say there has to be a massive long-running narrative because i know even though i've not really read Component. I know there is a not a narrative in the background that uh, like a meta narrative, but this one, yeah. as far as I can tell, doesn't have any kind of. That was absolutely one of my points I was going to make, and I was a little afraid I'd get shouted at for just missing it because there's like no overarching plot in this whatsoever. It's like literally these characters go up to a case and start interfering with it, and then eventually, like six twists later, it turns out they figured it out. And the person does something very stupid to out themselves. It's like every chapter. There's no story going along with it. It's just there's, yeah. There's no much like Midsummer Murders. There is no overall meta narrative. Yeah, it it's murder of the week or mystery of the week. Yeah. Fire of the week, but sad. It's like <laughs> I think as you said, Sean, like this does actually have a continuation or a sequel. Yeah, it is still technically running and say. So, I think it's generally considered more of a continuation rather than sequel because it was just it was switching magazine, so they just renamed it to oh, differentiate it. But fundamentally, there's no reason we couldn't have started there. I think the only reason the only reason I picked start here with the start start is because you do get a little bit more of an introduction to Toma and Mizahara yeah, in this you do, first chapter. You do get some character building, just not a lot. But by and large, honestly, at this point, we've just read two volumes, four chapters. With a few exceptions off the top of my head, you could probably just pick up any random volume and you'd be fine. There might be one or two characters you might not know. They do introduce a few recurring characters here and there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's nothing to stop you just going, oh, I just fancy the latest one of this. Why not? Yeah, that that's fair. The idea being it's supposed to be like episodic, so... By yeah. keeping long-standing plots largely out of it, you can just pick up a murder mystery. It's like you don't necessarily need to have like read the first book in a murder mystery series to be able to understand that there is a dude and he murder. Like, you don't need to watch every episode of Poirot to understand that Poirot is a is a detective that shows up and solves the crime. Are you, are you telling me I didn't need to watch all fifteen seasons of Midsummer Murders before I? Oh no. <laughs> Oh no, that was required. Uh, that's actually by <laughs> oh, law. Okay. I believe everyone in Britain has to watch literally every episode <laughs> of that show. Uh, same with um, shit. I can't think of its name. Sherlock. Now. No, nah, I, I wasn't going for that. Like the really Cast. early nineteen hundreds. Oh, um, Agatha Christie. No, not murder mystery as such. The um, Downton Abbey. I have not watched Downton Abbey. Oh, that's that's not the thing. Okay, it's not what I was going <laughs> expecting. I've not seen it. I don't care to. If you want an early 1900s detective thing, then uh, Murdoch Mysteries. There you go. That's a great one. <laughs> Love it. 
But anyway, yeah, there's like uh, <laughs> Midsummer Murders is just like required viewing for everyone. I feel like people who have no memory of ever watching it have actually watched it. They just they just didn't store it in their brain. Everyone th- in Britain has seen it. I think show. it's ended these days. So I think if you're young enough, you probably haven't. Listen, nah, I, nah. I am almost certain I have seen some Midsummer Murders. I yeah. couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the now, here's, here's the other thing about Midsummer Murders I'm interested to see if you two agree with, comparison-wise. Mm-hmm. And it may just be because I watched Midsummer Murders like, when I was a lot younger and I wasn't really watching it for this purpose. When you watch Midsummer Murders, I don't feel like 90% of it helps you actually know who the person is. Like, I hear you'll, you can get to the ending and they're like, it's this person for these reasons, and you're like, oh, sure, whatever. Yeah, um, and I, I think... had a very similar vibe reading this of they're like, it's this one for all these reasons, and I'm like, how would I have ever figured that out? So, yeah, I will say number three, I don't think we stood a chance with, just because one of the central I, I points couldn't of that... keep my brain switched on for that long, to be blunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, the premise of chapter three was rural village town out in countryside of Japan. Someone. Someone's family supposedly did something bad in the past, killed a monk, and the family was cursed, and there's the curse of this dude that comes around, murders people. Ah. Real Scooby-Doo shit. Yeah, and um, basically one of the things is like, well, no, this person can't have been murdered because one of the people that was murdered, we said, was found in the position of this Buddha statue. And they asked, oh, so they must have been stood up, right? Because they were thinking of a completely different, Buddhist statue. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're. I, on the one hand, guiding yes. over here would never have gotten that one. On the one hand, yes, that's a clever, like that's a clever little trick in that story. On the other hand, I'm pretty sure if she was the murderer. You could have explained that away. <laughs> yes, you probably could have. I mean, that that is something. It's not like <laughs> to use another murder mystery example. It's not like Broadchurch, if you remember watching the first season of that a while back, where that was very deliberate. That. You've never heard. Damn. Okay. Uh, Tenet and ah oh, the um to the, Google the really good female <laughs> actress Olivia Coleman, I believe it is. And uh, yes, you are correct. Yeah. See, I I know like an actor, <clears throat> two actors apparently. But the point is, boy, it was like a six to eight episode, like who done it style thing. But it was also kind of really done, like it was like slow paced, really character focused, but also kind of done in the way where you could watch and go. Ah, I see these stories that align, and then ah, you could you could put the clues together as a viewer. So then it all built to like the final episode where people are going, pretty sure it's this person who did it, and then yeah, it was revealed that yes, it was that person because it was a very grounded and reality based series. Which this, I'm not going to say it's <laughs> not in reality. I I am. <laughs> I, I feel it has it occasionally has what I'm going to call a hell of a lot of coincidences all stacked on top of each other, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't I feel think, anything in this is unplausible. So I think for the most part, you could prob outside of that issue with the third one we would have had. I think you probably could have gotten there. I think the only problem is sort of as you sort of said is sometimes it's just like, well, clearly you can't have been the murderer because of this. And it's like, no, they probably still could have. Like, they, to use that exact example, if she was the murderer, she could have just been like, well, everyone's just assuming we're talking about a statue that's like this. I'm going to refer to it like this because I know I, I know that's wrong and that therefore makes me look innocent. And it's, uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the most suspicious part about her in that chapter is there's murders going on and she's just carrying on with her life as normal. 
Bro, just chilling. Yeah, just yeah, vibing. Never shows a single out to worry. They're like, people are dying around you. I mean, to be fair, as is very explicitly pointed out, despite the fact she is the one living descendant of this family that is cursed, she is not being targeted by the murderer of this curse. Uh, yeah. No, so, that's, like, that's... yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'd, <laughs> I'd be pretty chill as well. It's like, you know what? Would you feel? I, I look hell you... sus, but I'm not the one getting murdered at the moment, so... <laughs> Phil, the Among Us champion. All I'm saying is if several people in this where we live got murdered and you were still chill, even if the like there'd been a handwritten note from the killer saying, yeah, Phil, I'm leaving him alone. I'd, no, no, I'd still be on edge. To be fair, there wasn't a handwritten note saying they were going to no, leave her alone. No, but... Not in that chapter. Not in that chapter, no. <laughs> but also, bold of you to assume there haven't been seven people murdered around here, Sean. I... You, you know where we live. I, 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 I do. <laughs> But yeah, uh, to, to my original point, yeah, this doesn't feel like one where as you're going along, and to be fair, some reviews I did read actually disagree with this, so maybe you guys disagree as well. Uh, it, it didn't feel to me like one where you could piece it together as you go along. It felt very much like you're just waiting for the guy at the end to be like, QED, here's how I did it. Yeah. Yeah, to, to an extent, and I will admit, like, for me reading this, I'm not necessarily actively trying to work out what what's happened, who's done it, kind of. Like you might do if you're reading like a full-blown novel or something. But I do I do think, yeah, sometimes it can be just like, as you say, you might just be like, it's not even worth trying to figure this one out. It's all just all over the place. Just wait for the end. He'll yeah. solve it. And then I'll just be like, ah, yes, Mr. Big Brain himself. I feel like if I'd been there in person, I could have solved chapter four myself, though. Like they were just fucking blind in that chapter. <laughs> yeah, ch chapter four is the big one, which is like, actually, yeah, you probably could have kind how, of had a bit of an idea. <laughs> and yeah, how they missed that, I don't know. Like, they kind of play off like, ah, oh, it's an optical loop. So, chapter four, the whole point is there's a super rare old Bugatti car, a Bugatti Royale or something, I think it's called. Supposedly, mm -hmm. there's only ever six made, but someone claims they found the seventh and their friend borrowed it and then claimed no no there was never a seventh you never lent me a car what are you talking about here you are mr president of cuba here's the one trillion dollar bill what one trillion dollar bill <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> basically and uh his genius way of hiding it was in one of his company's multi-story car parks he blocked off one of the floors because that's where he stores his classic car collection and basically the Reason, part of the reason this car is so famous is it's like seven meters long or something. Like, really fucking long. That's really long. And uh, his genius solution to hide it in plain sight was to just have part of the wall cut out so it could park across two parking spots between the wall. And no genius. one noticed that. That's the thing. Like, I can understand if you're running along, sure, you might not notice it. I feel if you're looking for it, as they are, and you shine any kind of torch in that direction, even if you don't spot the car's massive, You'll spot the massive fucking hole in the wall. <laughs> well, the thing for me is, like, I feel like I can understand it from one side, like, when you're looking at it from the back, because you've got the big cabin, I suppose you would call it, sort of, like, kind of blocking the cut out of the wall, I guess. But, yeah, if, if you assume you're just going, like, up and down having a look, you would presumably come and look at it from the front side and go, hang on a minute, that wall's got a hole in it, and there's a car sticking through it. <laughs> And yeah, apparently they missed that. Or uh, yeah, I, I do kind of agree with Sean for the most part, though. Like a lot of these 
scenes are a lot of these uh, episodes are just uh, here's a bunch of facts. This is the reason why it can't be everyone. And here's a twist. And here's a twist. And then it's this one. And these are all the reasons why. And you couldn't have possibly figured those out on your own. And I think the reason for that is it's not so much a problem with this story as it is a problem with the format it's in. Because don't get me wrong, I know murder mysteries and stuff, uh, they do exist in multiple formats. But like the advantage of other formats, which aren't standard stationary visual images is you can actually get away with hiding stuff in plain sight so in a in a tv show or a movie you can use things like the soundtrack you can use very subtle uh, speech patterns and you can use uh, movements and stuff and you can use that to kind of explain certain things and if you're astute enough you can pick up on them in a regular just a book you get to explicitly say what you are telling the reader. They don't have to infer anything because it's literally all there on the page. So you get a very accurate control over what they are reading. In a vis stationary visual format like a manga, you only get the information that you've got. But because it has a visual component, you can infer any number of things from those visuals. So there is an incredibly fine line to walk between showing too much and too little. And it's incredibly difficult to walk that line because there's no real way of showing something without just outright showing it. So if you're trying to figure it out yourself, there's the clue, there's the evidence, the hint right there. It's in this nice, convenient box on the screen. <laughs> and like you can stop and you can read the text as much as you want as well. Like It's not like somebody says something and then in a minute and then it's just gone. Like, it's very, very clear what's happening in each scene. So the only way to hide the ultimate, the ultimate result is by literally hiding it from you. So well, it's, yeah, I get uh, it. <laughs> I mean, because I think that's the thing. Like, in some ways, I feel like it is sort of set up a little bit formulaic. Like, you sort of have maybe half a chapter. It'll just be setting up introductions. Like, here's what's happened. Here's who your cast of characters are. There's no way you could figure out who's done it at that point. You just do not have enough information. And then, as you say, you sort of get these twists where something happens or someone says something maybe that's like, wait, but we didn't know that before. And that's you getting those additional clues, those additional bits of information that are necessary to figure it out at the end. You definitely get, yeah, it definitely does give you a lot of information at times. Sometimes... I d and I don't know sometimes if it's red herring or if it's just because they feel like they need to. Like, several of the chapters give you... And here are some maps of how the building is laid out. Yeah. And outside of arguably maybe the car one, it's not... Like, you get maps in, like, the first one, which is, like, meant to be, like, a sort of closed-room-style mystery. But ultimately, it's irrelevant, really. Oh, man. There was, so, there was so much... Like, For chapter one, you do, yeah. So much, like, evidence that we get told which is completely irrelevant and i understand the concept of a red herring in a story like this obviously i do but you know if all of the herrings are red you just call them <laughs> herrings you know it's it's <laughs> there's so much just useless information that does not factor in it's a red herring because it's information it's just information that isn't pertinent it's not like misleading it's just Here's a yeah. whole bunch of facts, but you only really need to know 10% of these. The rest is still true, but they're not relevant. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, in my mind anyway, that each of these things is like 100 pages long. Because <laughs> you can cut out like 
half of all of them because it's just useless information. And yes, I understand you don't want it to be too condensed because otherwise it doesn't feel believable and you can't figure it out and you're not seeing every stage of the process. I get it, but man, it feels so useless. I feel there's a, there's a balance to be had. Like, I feel the two shorter chapters, so yeah, it's chapter four, we've already discussed the car one, and chapter two, which is uh, about a, um, a doll, a doll maker, which we'll probably yeah. discuss more at length later. But those two are both under 100 pages each. And those, I feel, work better because there's a tighter cast of characters. There's only like a few outside of the lead two. There's only a couple, really, of characters in each of those. So it's a lot more focused on those and a lot more focused on like a much smaller scale rather than chapters one and three, which are like chapter one. We're in a game company. Here's half the bloody executive board. Uh, chapter three. We're in this like now closed off island mansion thing. Here's a whole bunch of researchers with interchangeable names and faces. And like yeah. those deals... I get that they're trying to be like a bit more epic in scale, but it just all blurs together because of that. To be fair, well, I think one. I think for me, one of the things is that separation you've made there between the chapters. So you've got chapters. You're putting chapters one and three and two and four together. Yes, there is a distinct difference to me in the fact that part of the resolution or part of how you're supposed to arrive at the conclusion and how our main character Toma gets to the resolution is around some sort of historical tidbit of information and it mm. really is kind of like a tidbit oh my but god like ch chapter one being like and and, and, ch and chapter one being like, i read the translator notes because even they didn't have a fucking clue like one of the followers of chapter one is like he died holding a playing card and this signifies this person except <laughs> it doesn't in any way whatsoever like in no way like that that one like, felt Oh, don't Super you know, the King of Hearts is actually some fucking French ruler. I'm like, no, what? <laughs> Where? When? How was this defined? It's just uh, a yeah. fucking playing card, mate. <laughs> well, no, what, what he's saying is the King of Spades or King of like, he, he assigned whatever. each of the playing cards like, to some random monarch some, some of the past. Ruler, yeah. And it's like, what is that after? How did you get that? Because it's not like the cards had those faces on it or anything to imply that relationship. Or, well, maybe that's the point. Maybe those faces are those rules. I, I don't know. It's just... It just like, but, when, when even uh, your translators yeah. are going, we, we don't have a fucking clue, mate. <laughs> yeah, like... That, that's the thing, like, it's one of those things where I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to know that. I don't care enough to know that kind of information. And then in chapter three, again, you had sort of the whole thing around, like, oh, you need to know about these kinds of Buddhist statues and this kind of bug and mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. And it's like, don't get me wrong, it's all really clever and it's all really smart. It's just, and I, I am but a dumb man. <laughs> The, I, I did not graduate from MIT at 15. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, the, <laughs> the old chapter three, because um, even in like the log chapter, there are clever moments. Like I really like one of the twists, of the, the key reveals of chapter three is it opens that they open the magic MacGuffin box and oh, they're cursed forever now. And oh, we can't translate these maps that were in the box to where the magical golden Buddha statue is. And the reveal is that actually it's not the maps on the like written down on the ink. It's actually like, if you stack them all together, then the side, they've essentially done like some anti-bug sticking glue stuff. And that's the real map. And that's a clever reveal. 
as opposed to on the flip side where you have, as I mentioned earlier, Kawinky Dink Central, where mm-hmm. I scared this man who is much bigger and stronger than me while I had a broken arm and somehow speared him into a pillar where a screwdriver was at the exact correct position to <laughs> pierce his neck and break his nerve, killing it instantly. And it's like, what? That, that one was a very much a reach, yes. <laughs> uh, I think they're all reaches, realistically. I, no, because the thing is, like, I don't think the idea behind that particular scene was bad. Like, he sets up an encounter with the person he knows he's got to murder. So effectively, this one researcher has figured out who the murderer is, and he's going to confront them, but the murderer calls them out ahead of time. Like, hey, come meet me behind the shed at dawn. I don't, yeah. Which Whatever. apparently people in the 90s just went along with, were like, yes, Mr. Murderer, I'll uh, go along with exactly what you say. And basically it set it up so there was like a little statue there of some sort of animal beast thing with its mouth open. And he put a screwdriver in there with like a needle point sticking out, which apparently was just at the perfect height that when the murderer shoves this guy, severs his like brain stem. It's like... That's a bit of a reach. I think the general idea of like, yeah, setting up so you can sh- shove him into a thing and he dies makes sense. Yeah. But this needle point severing of the brainstem is like, well, oh, that's but hey, that Phil, a lot of luck. It's a good thing he was a guy because, as we all know, a girl doesn't have the strength to stab someone's heart, <laughs> which is an actual logic they use at one point to prove that it can't be. It, one of oh man, let me introduce you to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> No, all right. Buffy's Buffy's yeah, super she's super That's... strong. Although that doesn't seem to stop anyone else in the show. I thought, I thought just when they said that line, I'm like, "Bitch, <laughs> what?" <laughs> I mean, no, the, the delicate female form could never stab someone. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like what year is this from? <laughs> uh, this was like the '90s, as you can tell from that closed-off bit in chapter three, where they're. Oh, the river's flooded, so we can't get over the bridge. And it's before everyone had a mobile phone. So <laughs> right, yeah. They're fucked. Yeah, uh, that, that was a bit rough. Yep. Yeah, just that that one line. It's it's amazing. That one liner amazingly manages to hide the fact that there's a bit one earlier on where she, the female leader, escapes an awkward conversation by going, Oh, no, I can't date you. I used to be a guy, which was a bit eyebrow raising. But, mm. uh, it's, it's a light she uses when she's trying to get away from all the video game making nerds. Oh, right. Trying to ask her out on a date or something. But uh, yeah, completely overshadowed by now nah, women can't stab people. They're not strong enough. <laughs> I, I mean, it, there's a bunch of like not great shit in this, but honestly, even though it's not, it's very problematic, I, I don't think it's this thing's worst flaw. <laughs> Honestly, oh, no, no, I don't feel this is like a deeply problematic manga per se. It was just that line <laughs> just really raised an eyebrow for just because I'm going to be blunt. I'm sure in the 90s there were murders that were perpetrated by women. So uh, I don't, I don't to think Google. The was that. <laughs> I don't think they were saying, no, no, a woman couldn't possibly be a murderer. I think they were saying specifically the strength required to impale someone through the rib cage or something in that short time or something like that which i'm not going to claim to know how much strength that requires no i'm not going to claim but... to have strength it requires but i feel there is no scenario where you can adequate outside of like fucking aviation or whatever it is which is down to legitimate bone structure stuff there's not really a scenario where you can be like yeah a woman would never be strong enough it's like okay but oh then... yeah that you wouldn't rule someone out just because well no 
Clearly it couldn't be a lady. They're far too delicate to lift up a steel rod. I don't, I don't know what it was he used. According to this one random website, Murderpedia, I... <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a very reputable... <laughs> Doesn't appear to have been that many female serial killers in the 90s. The, the point is, more than zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm looking at at least three. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like it's it's just stupid in general to discount someone because of some shit you've assumed like that, which really doesn't mesh with the fact that this character is supposed to be this super genius detective. No, 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 that that's the whole point, though, Mike. He's super genius, so he knows it couldn't have been her. I was going to say, we should probably actually at this point talk about the, the two lead characters. So, yeah, the, the lead guy detective, Sotoma. Lead male, um, depending on whereabouts you're reading, I think at some points they say he was 14, at some points they said 16. I'm assuming 16. I think he's 16 in what we're reading. But either way, a super genius who has uh, already studied and or graduated from MIT in America because... As you do. Of course he fucking has. And now was like, yeah, and now I want to go to Japan for a taste of a more normal life, except apparently he gets very annoyed when people start interacting with him on his more normal life so now right okay on the, the one hand place? yes on the second hand after chapter one would you want to be involved with the girl that keeps dragging you around getting involved into murder mysteries apparently he's cool with it i mean apparently he is i mean cool to be fair yeah, by like three or four chapters in they do actually seem to be pretty solid friends to the point where they're starting to mimic each other's mannerisms if you look in the drawings so yes yeah yeah I, I didn't like these characters all that much, but not because they're bad or done anything wrong as such. It's just that they're just kind of there. Like, yeah, he's got this super genius detective shtick. And he's she's got smart this... and she's athletic and strong. And oh, she's man. Boisterous and like Opposites that's attract. That's literally it. <laughs> that's, that's all they get, don't, really. Don't you know, it's okay to break into an old guy's home if you think he's committed a crime. <laughs> yeah, their grasp of the law is questionable at best. No, no. Right, I'm not. I'm not going to have a go at them for breaking the law. So, like, I mean, that's, I am. As soon as you start <laughs> doing that kind of detective stuff, yeah, of course, the 16 year old girl is going to be like, and now I'm going to smash this glass in with a window to check his car collection. <laughs> that's that's what we call breaking and entering and tampering with an ongoing investigation yeah interfering with shit that's all they do very illegal on the other hand i feel 90 percent of murder mystery plots involve the detective or instigator breaking the law in some way or another yeah but at least they Uh, were empowered to enforce it to begin with like it's actually their job no i've read like the the richard osmond stuff that's that's just a bunch of old biddies they're not empowered to break the law Hey, it's not a perfect system, but it works, damn it. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't claim to know. Murder mysteries are not my forte. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I would be surprised if most of them are like, yeah, we're just going to break and enter into a place and solve this mystery right quick. Nah, nah. I, I mean, Castle does it. The Osmond books do it. I'm, sh- I'm sure if I watched enough Midsummer Murders, there'd be an episode where they do it, where they're not supposed to be in a property. Like um, they all do it, and I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm just saying that's <laughs> how it works in the genre. I mean, in certain ones, the detectives just beat the shit out of people, and everyone's yeah. cool with it. <laughs> like, oh no! I was, I was gonna say we're, we're we're not in the the violence era of these ones. It's not like I'll beat you until you tell me the answer. Yeah. Oh no! Instead, he just what was it he did? He's like, 
Ah, yes, one of my MIT friends developed this super special chemical. Which will uh, reveal the killer as I pour it over and get their fingerprints. And he's like, no, no, stop. Can't do that. <laughs> it's like, haha, I fooled you. It was water. That is actually a tactic that <laughs> it is, police yeah. officers get in trouble for using all the time. Really? Yeah. Because I think it's because technically it's not remissible because you. It's uh, yes and no. Like, the idea is that you can not Japanese um, detectives, to be clear. Yeah. But like American and English and anywhere that we'd have any kind of connection to, the detectives there are allowed to lie when they're interrogating someone. Morality of that side, that's just a fact. They're allowed to allowed to misrepresent the truth entirely. Uh, so apparently, it is an issue where. Police officers, detectives, in interrogations, they will just make shit up, like complete junk science, in order to get a confession. Like, they'll be like, we can use lightsabers to bring back some, uh, bring back some writing that you've written 32 years ago, and it shows that you did it. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but not far off, honestly. Like, like, we can uh, use lasers to prove that you did this. To be fair, what gets me more in that one is the, the guy, like, says, oh, here's my magical fluid, starts pouring it over, and then, as if this will, therefore, prove his innocence, the guy who <laughs> it is is like, no, and, like, goes to, like, take it away or something. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I mean, what was your plan there, buddy? Like, straight up played himself. It's like, <laughs> grab it, and then what? <laughs> I think the I've point got is it, that I'm say, oh. <laughs> well, but I think the point is at that point they've got no evidence against him. I, I like, feel that's evidence enough. <laughs> it's not evidence, is the thing. Oh well, yeah, that was always, that was the point of it as well to basically get the killer to out themselves. Because yeah. it was a thing saying like we're going to pour this liquid on this letter and it's going to reveal writing and that's going to prove exactly who well, did all it. All I'm saying is if you try to steal like the critical piece of evidence, you've not exactly made yourself look innocent. No, see, I didn't. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't see that as him trying to, like, steal the evidence as such. I saw it more as, like, a knee-jerk reaction to, like, oh, no, I've been exposed. I better do something about this. And not I mean, really sure, that too. It. It's more well, just, yeah, like... <laughs> like, I, what, I don't what really... Plan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's dumb, but I more saw it as, like, a, uh, a reaction in the moment and not a good one. I was going to say, picture it this way, though, Sean. You've murdered someone for whatever reason. Oh, thank John. There's a teenage boy genius on the case. He's gathered everyone around, including all the other murder suspects. He's got the police chief there. And he's there. He's like, I've got this MacGuffin. I've got a magical solution that I'm going to pour it over the MacGuffin. It's going to reveal the killer's name. And you're like, oh shit. I know my name was written on that thing. Well, no, because I'm I'm living in 2020 something, not 1990 right, right. something. So in my yeah. head, I'm like, yeah, no, mate. <laughs> But the point is, you, you know for a fact you are the murderer. And he is about to say, I am about to give inevitable proof. And your choice is either do nothing, and he creates the proof as far as you're concerned, yeah. or you grab the magical solution and get rid of it, and you can just say, well, you've not got any evidence. You can't prove it was me and just because not, I did it's that. Not remotely how that would work. So. Yeah, like in my mind, I would say, like, I have no idea how I would react in that situation. I don't plan on killing anyone. <laughs> so, but, I don't think most people plan on it. Don't plan on it. I might do. Could be an accident. Who knows? Could be a uh, crime of passion, as they call could it. Could be. Could be. But yeah, like I imagine in that situation, I personally would think, 
Now, that sounds like bullshit science. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> I'm going to wait for that. it to play out, because apparently I'm caught either way. So I'm going to wait for it to play out, and when nothing happens... As... But that's the point, you're not necessarily caught, because until you, then... As, as Sean points out, you kind of are, because, yeah, they may not have any evidence as such, but you are outing yourself, and your secrecy was the only shield you had. So you're throwing away your only shield, at which point they can go, right, well, we know it's you, now we're going to find evidence to support that. Plus, it's 2023, so at this point, you can just say it's a deep fake. That, yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was AI generated. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that liquid on that paper, AI generated. <laughs> I, I can see ChatGTP's logo on it from here. It was a government <laughs> conspiracy. The government are out to get me. Oh, yeah, birds aren't real. That, yeah. That'll uh, go down well in court, I'm sure. It'll go down better than me trying to rip away the evidence. <laughs> uh, yes, that there is yeah, that. Like yes. that in of itself is evidence. I mean, the yeah, yes, it would definitely be tampering not, but... with evidence. However, you then have to think tampering with evidence versus murder. What carries the lesser sentence? D d yeah, I'd, I, I still, I, mean, I think it was a bad reaction. With evidence but... and murder, <laughs> but again, they had no other evidence at that point. And they're shit detectives. Um, Honestly, yes, yeah. I feel yeah. Yeah, like everyone is shit in this, and I know the main character is supposed to be portrayed as this uber genius detective, but he's not that great, <laughs> realistically. I mean, the very fact that he sort of boils everything down to this means this because of this is like no, that's just. To be fair, I think did. it also it, it also ties down to like detective work. Obviously, in the time misses is a lot different and a lot harder like it was like using the example in death note and one of the things they say in one of the modern death note chapters they did is that you couldn't do death note in 2020 or whenever it was not in the same way no it just wouldn't like big brother for example it just wouldn't work and i feel it's similar with this one like in an era before you could just have the internet in your pocket with a perfect camera and a microphone I, and everything then i think one of the other things as well is obviously this is set in japan and they have a very different judicial Oh, uh, sure, sure, but uh, as I say, yes. I'm more focusing on, like, but like this. there's a chapter where you see techno, they have to, like, send some, put some pictures into a computer, and it's ye oldie. Scanner. Get, get the scanner out, stick the file on, wait for five minutes as it goes through. I mean, they still had forensics and stuff in the They 90s. did, but, like, DNA tests, for example, weren't in, immediate like they are pretty much nowadays. I think DNA Google. in those days was, like, two weeks. I mean, like, but this is around the same time when they did the Who Shot Mr. Burns thing, and I'm pretty sure on that one they couldn't just DNA evidence it. Because I mean, yeah, that's also the symptom. <laughs> symptoms. Sure, but the point is, like, that's how, that's where it was at the time. You couldn't just, like, it wouldn't be like if you did that nowadays, it'd be like, okay, so it's clearly this person. Oh, in, the, in the 1990s, DNA history introduced polymers chain reaction, or PCR DNA testing, which replaced RFLP analysis for routine relationship testing. Well, there you go. Now you know. You've learned a lot in this episode. You've learned complicated DNA testing. You've learned the most one of the most successful detective stories of all time on the planet. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. You see, now you get the joke. I do there get the joke now. I will say, actually, one of the fun things I learned a month or two ago, you know, like those family tree DNA tests, yeah. like Ancestry.com and all them things. Oh, all right, of them. Yeah. Yep. Apparently, as a result of them, a load of cold cases have started being resolved because, obviously, you share so much DNA with your relatives, mm -hmm. and depending on how much you share determines how distant a relation that is. So the thing is, they might have had like some DNA sample from 20, 30, 40 years ago, whatever, 
that they haven't been able to match to anyone because, you know, whoever it was who did it didn't give a DNA sample or whatever. Yeah. But now their grandchildren or their brothers or sisters or parents or whatever are doing it and they're going, hang on, we've now got someone who's like a 50% match. That means they're that probably this person's... Illegal. It actually is. It feels like a GDPR violation. <laughs> Apparently, there's some framework set up with say this was set in America where I was watching this. I believe there is some legal agreement going on with the various companies and the government and things. So it is only done in a very specific way. This is like a hyper version of all those things you go on when you go on websites now where it's like, oh man, do you want targeted advertising? Do you want it for mm. these specific advertisers? And apparently you know, I've missed the, by the way, we're going to examine your DNA clause and see if you're a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's... it's... I mean, I it's feel that's a different anime at that point, <laughs> different manga, <laughs> to Psychopaths so, all over again. Oof. Oof. I, I, I mean, I mean, oof, Psychopaths is amazing. Fight me. That's all right. Anyway, this is a hell of a tangent, so let's go back to the world uh, of reality. Uh, it's more interesting than what we are reading. <laughs> so, I mean, one, one of the big things is sort of, I didn't mention it, obviously, it's the Japanese judicial... judicial I'm going to again. This is back yeah. on QED, right? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> it is their law and governance framework. And particularly, again, the time this is set, they placed a lot of importance on confessions to the extent that even if it was contrary to all the evidence, the confession trumped everything. And that yep. was and actually still is a big issue. Oh yeah, like I remember playing Persona, and they said like, "Oh, the case closure rate is ninety nine percent." I'm like, "That doesn't, that doesn't sound right." Or well, confession rate, or something like that. Yeah. Well, it could it could be closure rate. I don't know, but basically, it's because effectively, what happens is the police would arrest someone, and they would coerce a confession out of them. And yeah, even even if that person was innocent, but the problem is, as soon as they confess, even if the evidence comes out otherwise. They've confessed, and that trumps everything, so they're guilty. And that kind of comes up in this a little bit. You don't necessarily see that conclusion, but effectively, the chapters always end with, oh, well, you've got me. Guess I'll confess. And then it's like smash cut to a week later where this case has been resolved. I mean, I think it's, to be fair, I don't actually think that comes up a lot of it. I think the only time that comes up is when they then counter that in the first chapter where the guy commits suicide, suspected murderer commits suicide and leaves a note that implies that it was them all along. And I think that's the only time where they actually talk about a confession. The rest of it is just, and I've done it, QED, and then the murderer throws a tantrum. Yeah, yes. Have, yes, but I think the implication is the murderer is like, ah, no, you're fine, you got me. And Ah, oh, you've taken off my Scooby-Doo mask. It was me. Yeah, yes. Now, because the, th the difference with Scooby-Doo, right, is, and this was actually ties back to the whole manga format bit you said where in the episode. I find it a lot easier to pass, especially in like the ones like chapters one and three. It's hard to pass the characters in those when there's so many of them where it is just, and maybe this was just me, but it's just in that manga format where you're just seeing like portrait shots and they'll vomit out text on them. Mm. There's no color, there's no voice, there's no like verbal ticks or visual ticks, uh, not visual ticks, I'd like motion ticks if it was in mm -hmm. live action or thing. So I had 
And again, this was only chapters one and three because they had like half a dozen or so characters well running around, like uh, for two and four, where there were only like a couple of characters that I could perfectly find there. But when they got larger in scope, I they all just, especially chapter three, think, where they didn't even bother yeah. to give them like real purpose outside of that's a student, yes. that's a student. And I'm like, <laughs> I these I can't tell any of these people apart. I think chapter three was the only one I had issue with that. Chapter one wasn't too bad because the designs were all different enough for the cast they had they, they were all different enough but i never really felt like we got to really know any of them particularly so they all no, just... but... so at the end when they're like oh my god it's and again this is also partly because i don't speak japanese when they start vomiting long ass japanese surnames at me i'm like Who, which one was that <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah doesn't help sure yeah that that's fair but chapter three was definitely the worst defender of them for that which is a shame because the place that it takes place in looks fucking great yeah I straight up didn't pay attention to most details, like not really until the halfway part where a second person is inevitably murdered in every chapter. And so it was um, like, it was difficult to keep track of characters. And then by the time they actually died, it was like, oh, oh no, not that guy. It's not every chapter. I know, but it feels like every chapter. Like, that's always the main twist that someone else gets murdered. <laughs> you know, at least two of them. Yeah, one in three, yes. Two. Two if you take the it to an abstract version of it, then maybe. Yeah. I mean, we've we've not talked about chapter two. So... Chapter two I feel that's got the cleverest reveal. It, it, uh, yeah. Yes, two's, but two's good. I, I mean, cleverest it's reveal stacked on coincidences again. Yeah, but... it's one of those one things that's clever until you think about it a bit too hard, <laughs> and then it becomes very stupid. But uh, Phil, like, because it's the one we haven't really talked about. What is chapter two? So chapter two is story of how. This lovely old lady, she's a famous doll maker, and unfortunately she's got, they do tell you what it is, some sort of heart condition. Something to do with her artery near her heart. At her age, you've got to get it checked every month because, you know, once it goes, that's you're probably dead. And yes. funnily enough, it goes one month later, she's dead. One month later, she's dead. And I, I love in that chapter how they've built up at this point, as Phil will get to in a moment, how like she's the last line of defense for what the chapter's yeah. about. And literally within like two pages of her dying, it's all gone to shit. <laughs> so the whole point is, while she's alive, she has this diehard fanatic fan who wants to buy all of her dolls, but she's refused to sell them. And basically she set it up in her will that all these dolls will, and her house will be turned into a museum, go to the government or whatever. Except after she's died and all this being arranged and whatnot, it turns out that actually a bunch of these banks and companies that have invested in the museum are owned by this shady guy, and now he is the primary owner. And oh, what a twist! He is found dead at the museum a few weeks before its opening or whatever. And then basically, the whole point is there's three people it could have been it could have been the old lady's daughter or granddaughter forget which, her fiancé, who owes the deceased victim money. Or it could have been the butler. The butler could have done it. The butler could have done it. And basically, the police arrived, they interrogate everyone separately, and everyone gives different and conflicting accounts. Classic. Classic. And basically, throughout this chapter, we find out this gentleman that's died, he had a pacemaker there was a stun gun at the scene but there's no fingerprints on it and say you got conflicting information 
And then it turns out that a place he died was in a room, had a nice, lovely rug, had a giant life-sized doll on it. And uh, turns out, funnily enough, that rug was made of argyle, I want to say it was, some, some material, which meant, you know, the doll built up a static charge. And when he touched it, ah, oh, that shorted out his pacemaker and he died. Ah, oh, what a shame. Complete accident. Worst fucking pacemaker ever. <laughs> yeah. I yes. mean, this was 25 years ago, Mike. And still, you could go to birthday parties and be around balloons when you were tw- 25 years <laughs> ago. Mind, this is also the manga where part of chapter 3 is like, aspirin will fuck you up, man. Aspirin will fuck you up. It will if you have, like, enough of it, but literally you, a single do you, static... Do you know what aspirin does? Yes, it, like, it murders your liver. Yeah, it, it thins your oh, blood. The point is, yeah. they're all like, if you do it on an empty stomach, you're fucked, even though... I, well, yeah. Even though yeah. I'm pretty sure most medicine these days is like, don't eat around when you're taking it. See, I feel like it's the opposite, but... I mean, the stuff I had to take recently was very much like, don't eat for two hours before this and an hour after. Well, I'm thinking of, like, ibuprofen, for example. You have to eat that with a meal. Oh, fair you're enough. To eat I that. mean, maybe... The, I mean, never yeah. taken aspirin, maybe that is the case for it. It just seemed I, very I weird, but they were aspirin, like... But... In my head, I'm like, was aspirin this bad 25 years ago that you were like, take this one pill with caution or you'll die? No, it was not that bad. Like, <laughs> this thing seems to be imagining that it's taking place in the 1940s with like the medical science at play here. It's like, oh, if you take these pills on an empty stomach, you'll die. Like, no, it's not literal cyanide. <laughs> I don't, to be fair, I don't think they were saying you would die. I think they were just saying, oh, I'll just fuck you up a bit. Like, okay, uh, pacemakers in the 90s. And granted, I don't know. <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure you could touch party balloons when you had <laughs> okay. a I'm not going to comment on pacemakers. I don't know anywhere near enough about them. It's like your own I, I, body I agree, has an electric one, charge. One static shock is going to kill you. <laughs> well, the reveal is tried. that apparently the old lady set this whole thing up so, so the guy yeah, would so go after the doll and then get that static the, charge. The, the whole point is the doll was actually, actually had a hidden... I want to say a Klein jar, but I know that's not what it's called. Yeah, like its eye was actually Lin- Lin- a... Linden jar. Some sounds. Familiar. I want to say yeah, it's the know. thing you see in like a, like a an alternate version of what you see in like science labs with like the electricity sparking, and you put your hand on it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Sim- yeah, similar sort of idea. Basically, the whole point is it's like an old school capacitor. Mm-hmm. Effectively, it's storing up an electrical difference between two surfaces, and that's hidden in like the doll's eye or something like that. Like, sure, I get that it was in. I get that there was intent here. I get and... that she, like, yeah, was able to engineer some of it from beyond the grave, but it is a whole lot of, like, you've got to rely on it. That specific doll being out and being cleaned and being on this specific carpet and then him arriving and going specifically to that room and specifically deciding to touch the damn thing. God, I hope the guy's never walked on a carpet in socks before. <laughs> <laughs> but it is sort of portrayed that, in fact, yeah, she kind of does do that because. In her work, like it's sort of like the butler saying, "Oh, he's getting prepared for the museum opening. He's been given very clear instructions by uh, this lovely old lady of how to do it and when to do it and when things need to be done in a certain way." So he's made sure that doll's out, that rug's out, whatever, without really thinking about it. And then basically, the reason the guy went to the museum that day in the first place was he got a letter, presumably from the old lady, set to be sent. Well, mm, it, I don't think it ever explicitly... No, they do say at the end that it was from the old lady. 
And again, like, I've got no problem with that part of it being engineered. It's then just the fact that he runs into it, manages to go, oh, you're dirty. Let me clean you and touches it in the exact specific place that mm. will give him the status. Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> BS is what it is. <laughs> Some of it, yes, you can engineer. But all of that and in conjunction with, like, you know, the world's weakest pacemaker. like uh, Eisen levels of preparation. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's it's a lovely. I love it as a concept because I love the whole idea that they're all lying to protect each other, and then the reveal uh-huh. is actually no, it was the old lady beyond the grave. But when it's tied into all the other yeah, coincidences, at the, and it's at like, the very yeah, least, is, yeah, I like when, the plot, but this is maybe when you, as Mike said, when you think about it, uh, it may, maybe a bit, a bit too many maybes. Yeah, uh, the problem I have with every chapter of this, but especially the second one, is that it goes out of its way to stretch believability just that much to the point where when you get to a point where like that could be a nice reveal that could be an interesting reveal believability is stretched so much that it fucking breaks and it just doesn't really endear you to any of these mysteries like why would you want to read a hundred chapters of this if every single time it's just gonna be some bullshit which is really weird because it actively tries to remain somewhat in reality see i feel that's less that's less a whole reality believability issue for me it's more a lack of reason to invest in these characters because there's no long-running narrative and the fact that it's not really a figure it out as you go along yeah which means you're essentially just left in whatever the moment to moment is and i'm not saying that's bad but i'm also saying that a lot of it went in one near and out the other it's like here's a map like that's yeah because nice. when you're in the moment to moment it's just like here is some information it may or may not be relevant cool i'm just gonna wait until they reveal it i guess <laughs> yeah Hundred pages later, it was the butler. QED, yeah, yeah. There you go. Wait until he gathers them all in the parlor. (laughs) Sometimes he does write it. Yes, Phil. I'm sorry. Well, Sean, what does QED mean? Quickly eat dicks. (laughs) Don't eat dicks. That sounds. I mean, assuming I said it right at the start of the show, uh, quad erat demonstrandum. Quite elaborate detective work. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what? Not far off, I suppose. <laughs> the, the way I would, the way I always u- use it, and it, I don't think I'm exactly right on this, but it's what you use at the end of an ar- a debate when you've objectively proven you're correct, which he never does. <laughs> he never objectively proves anything. The he thing just... is, like that's that's how I would use it. I think it's beyond all reasonable doubt. I think is what it actually is. And... The the way I was always told it, what I was always told it meant was uh, that which was to be demonstrated. So the point is, sort of, as you say, you you write it after a a proof. You here is a proof. I was to demonstrate that proof, and I have demonstrated. I have proven that gravity is real. I, you can't prove that. We're yeah, on a it's not flat. No, we're on a floating disc that's flying no. ever upwards, which is simulates gravity, but it's actually not gravity. On the back of a turtle, on the back of four elephants. Don't be stupid. No, we're just. Covered with a canopy that all of the stars are hooked onto. They're actually just electric lights set up by the government. Um, and the reason why the... Phil <laughs> got his sun shield after all. So now that Mike's got us uh, demonetized already. Wait, wait, we were making money. Where was my check? Well, not anymore. <laughs> nah, can't, that can't, can't be real. I mean, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Can't be real. <laughs> oh, that that's normie conspiracy oh. theory right there. <laughs> oh. 
Oh <laughs> my god! Right. Go, okay. uh, I'll hit me back when you're learned up about mud no, flood, and no, I'm good. <laughs> then we'll talk. Um, <laughs> Conspiracy theory, friends. So the other few notes <laughs> I have then. So I suppose there there is one other recurring ish character, which is Inspector Mizahara, aka. Uh, and I do want to say the one thing I did like about that character is now to be clear, he's never portrayed as a genius like no, Toma, like so Toma can run rings around him all day, but he's never made out to be a total bungling idiot no like, there's one point where one of his underlings is like it has to be this person, it's got the motive he's got everything and he, you see a panel of him thinking about it and going like eh, well, if you believe that, go get me some evidence, like he's never the idiot detective, which you do see in a lot of these kind oh, of deals. I mean, the, the yes. one that stood out to me was in chapter four, was it? The doll. The, car. the doll. Oh, no. Okay. Chapter. Whichever the doll one was. Two. Two. Basically, when they're interrogating all the suspects and they're getting conflicting information, his subordinate, who's obviously in the room with him, like after hearing the second one, was like, but wait, that one conflicts with what? And you see the uh, inspector basically just like, Whack him, him, whack him, just like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> to be fair, the bit I like most on that one is, again, another one where it's like, because it's such a trope in so many of these to have, like, the kid characters all just sneak around and they're always able to listen in the vents or wherever and hear everything's going on. And mm. uh, in chapter two, he just catches them trying to climb up the house like idiots. It's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck are you doing? No. <laughs> yeah. And scaring uh, with an ongoing investigation. That's all they do. Sit in, sit in this room until we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in this room where we're conducting the interrogations conveniently next door with paper thin walls. Oh, yeah, like clearly these kids aren't meant to be doing what they're doing, but the police do essentially nothing to stop them. I mean, to be fair, it's nepotism at its finest, considering, as pointed out, it's his daughter. Yeah. The daughter, which they are not, they're not against doing fan service for her as well, I noticed. I no. I don't feel it's as bad as it could be, but there are definitely like chapter one has chapter to have one, its whole. Yeah. I'm gonna put my wire on now, so <laughs> I need to strip into my bikini. Yeah, there's it's also underwear, but there's yes, several the scenes. Oh, right. like, chapter three is the bikini. Yes. There's several scenes where she's like bent over or on all fours in order to like do some investigative technique, and like, oh, really? That's that's how you had to do that. All right, cool. I don't think it's terrible. No, it's not the worst, of course, but and I guess you got to hook in a certain percentage of an audience somehow. Well, yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think chapter one's about a video game company, Mike? <laughs> got to hook yeah. in them nerds. Oh yeah, I'm very hooked in myself. <laughs> Clearly. Ah oh, dear. And I think the other main thing I wanted to say was um, regarding the art. Yes, the the characters themselves, like the leads, are distinguishable, but also they're just generic relatively standard 90s designs but i feel like it does a really good job with the backgrounds like yeah for all of my issues with characters it was very good at visually giving every chapter its own visual identity in terms of the locations and the places like i always knew ah they're in this room interrogating they're in the doll room they're in this part of the magical temple thing that totally isn't jungle run they're at the bridge they're at this part like i could always tell yeah. where they were even if i couldn't tell who they were <laughs> yeah uh, the, the art is definitely aged but it's fine so it's, it's a very sort of 90s art style well i don't know yes. anything about the process but it does feel like a very hand-drawn yeah series it, it does and it's like stylistically it's definitely quite 90s like if you look at modern manga next to this you can tell that it's from a couple of decades ago yeah. but yeah 
the art itself is actually okay. I didn't get a whole lot of character blindness, but that's mostly because I wasn't paying attention to 90% of the characters. Like, so until one get, died... You character they... blindness between the leads, and then, yeah, the rest yeah. of them. That's because until one of them died, they were usually irrelevant. It's like, okay, cool. And then they're dead, of course. I mean, for, for me, it's a case of, you, you don't really need to learn the names. They're, they're not going to be around after that chat. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think my only other artistic note, and I'm hoping this was just happened to be the version we read, which is, uh, why does chapter three use a swastika as a map symbol? <laughs> uh, Buddhism. Yes, it, it is because the correct version of it, yeah, when you flip it, is peace. And uh, maybe you're onto something because the fourth chapter has, you know, a Nazi car in it. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it, okay. yeah, okay. They didn't need to do the whole bit about it was Hitler's plan all along to get a yeah. car. I <laughs> like guess. I said, it's a bit problematic. <laughs> to be clear, it wasn't Hitler's car. That was just examples of more. We're going to add some more historical detail and context that this doesn't really need because it's not exactly pertinent to the mystery at hand. But, but yes. every chapter did it. It just happened to be that that one was, and then Hitler wanted to own it, and then Hitler. Okay, cool. I know there's that that thing on the internet. Eventually, all conversations go back to Hitler, but uh, can mean, we, we not? We, we are right now. Yeah, we are. Well, that's not our fault. That's the manga doing it this time. I mean, all I'm saying is I've just googled it, and apparently, this was a legitimate thing. Oh yeah, Nazi cars were a thing. No, no, specifically Hitler wanting that Bugatti. Yeah, that makes sense. So that like, it's not just they're like, oh yeah, let's just throw in Hitler. Oh yeah, like yeah, all I, of... saw, I saw Danger Five. Yeah, it's real. All of like the weird <laughs> Nazi lore that you get in stuff, like in random shows, it's all real. Like it all happened. The Nazis were uh, obviously insane, but like they had some oh, like yes. they had some like weird occultish beliefs as well. Like it was it was odd. Like everything was on the table for them. I mean, I would argue from, they were a know. weird cult before they got into yes, power. like <laughs> obviously before and indeed after. Uh, but <laughs> and yeah, during, fun and during, yes, some might say to this day, yes. <laughs> But like it, the whole all shit, like the spear, like surging with the spear of longiness. They actually did that. They they sent someone to the other side of the planet to spy, uh, the opposite side of the planet to spy on the British or America or someone because they were for a while time convinced that the Earth was it's a sphere, but we were inside the sphere. And if you look directly up, you could see the other side of the planet. Fucking weird beliefs, man. <laughs> I, I will also say as well, like, I couldn't say off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure the Allies also had a bunch of, like, crazy schemes and weird beliefs at the time as well. I mean, maybe. MKUltra. Because... MKUltra was a thing, yes. Like, a, a brown noise and stuff like that. <laughs> brown noise. I get the feeling brown that noise, was, like, yeah. a one, yeah. Um, can you imagine? <laughs> Just like... And for people who don't know, brown noise is the perfect melody that will make you shit yourself. Yeah, there is a note which apparently vibrates at a certain frequency that loosens your bowels. Does and, not uh, work. Yes, I believe that's yeah. another Mythbusters. Myth myth I mean, Mythbusters weren't able to find one, but that's not proof concrete that, you know, there isn't I mean, one. I think the point is they swept through all the low notes that you could reasonably like they they went low enough that there was just no way it exists. Yes. But yes, that's a that's another weird thing and but yeah. So I'm not surprised that Hitler in fact wanted this car. I just I don't really see the relevance of bringing it up. The relevance was it was to try and demonstrate how it would have traveled around that the Nazi Germany would have been there and then it would have been created and shipped off to wherever the fuck it was Switzerland or wherever and that's where it, it was found. Yeah, it was it was 
something to the effect of it was in France because it was the original and the guy was French or something. Sure. sure. So I then mean... when Germany invaded in World War II, they took the car that got to Germany and then the Russians stole stuff from Germany because they were pissed. They had stuff stolen from them from Germany, so they stole the car. That's how it ended up in Russia. And that's where the old man in Chapter 4 found the car. <laughs> just doesn't well, really yeah. feel necessary. It. But it's, it, yeah, that's it's, the thing. it's, it's like, not super necessary. The, the core no, part but... is man stole car, found car. But they do add yeah a lot of flavor to it of like, firstly, it being real car, the hit the stuff, the whole like, well, actually, how are there seven? Because he totaled one and then it sort of became a bastardized hybrid. And that's where the legend... He, he totaled one up. and he made another one, but it had the same serial number, but that one yeah. broke uh, so, yeah. like a lot of flavor that ultimately isn't pertinent to the actual mystery of man hide car and garage yeah <laughs> yes very tame by comparison it was essentially it was a secondary mystery it was a sub mystery but again considering that's the shortest and tightest chapter a lot of them i was willing to forgive it a lot more in that one because it's a lot hmm. more like that one is very kind of a lot more to the point they establish what the mystery is you then have the middle part which is they go for all the locations it could possibly be at and then the gasp it's not any of them and then the reveal at the end that actually it wasn't one of them you blind fucking idiots mm. to be fair i don't know if they actually checked that floor they just why wouldn't know. you <laughs> because it had a sign on it saying it was closed but they're looking oh. for cars why would that st- they're, they're willing to break into his place why is that stop why is one <laughs> side saying full parking stopping them because they're not 15 year old mit graduates <laughs> it's just stupid as it is god damn <laughs> I mean, how yeah. the fuck are you a 50? Like, why does he come to Japan, Phil? <laughs> I, I don't know, Sean. <laughs> Him being a 15 year old MIT graduate is fine. I, you're right. I can't possibly understand his motivations. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, 15 year old MIT graduate, plausible. It is the most plausible thing in this manga, yes. I, no, I would argue a lot of the murders are quite plausible. Okay. How, how they happen, probably not. Yeah, murders like. Themselves, entirely plausible. People I mean, murdering I feel, I feel people. The one in the first sure. chapter is actually relatively plausible. Of man swaps medicine of guy to make him fall asleep, and then yeah, stab, make, stab make, we didn't really talk about that, did we? Oh, who cares? That's because there's another one I struggled to pass, really, because there's like a lot of characters and there's a whole lot of yes. like, oh, and then the playing cards, and oh, there was a black hour, and then oh, but this guy's got a stake in the business, but then oh, that guy <laughs> suicide. It's and considering that also then has to also be done alongside the whole establishing the two lead characters, a lot to try and do. Yeah, especially yeah. then when you get to chapter two and you go, oh, ninety percent of this is now thrown out. Got it. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> like I think I had an easier time reading the second time around because I knew at that point, like as I mentioned, there's a friend character in the first chapter, and I was like, ah, she's going to be a main character. No, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah. Yep. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe she's one of the friend characters you see in later chapters at the start. I don't know. Maybe, but like when you, if in the context of just one chapter, you're like, ah, she's probably going to play more of a part in this, and then you very quickly realise, oh wait, no, they just insert friend of the week. To go yeah. with murderer of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. the longevity, the actual longevity of this thing aside, unless you were like really into just the very concept of a murder mystery without really caring about anything else connected to i honestly don't see why you would stick with this for the full run of it maybe you are meant to do what phil said earlier and just pull one random one off a shelf but 
how would you know that if you didn't start reading at the beginning? So I mean, I, I would just say murder mysteries are a popular genre. They, I'm sure they are. Just like, as yeah. ref, I mean, again, none of us have actually read it or watched it, but Detective Conan is one of the most successful and longest running manga slash anime of all time. We've like well over a thousand episodes of the anime, and like this shit sells. Sure does. It sure do. Like a, another one we referenced, the Osmond books, arguably the. I don't know if they're the most popular book series of the moment, but they're certainly up there. Like people fucking like most of the people I know at work read those things. You two won't because you know you're uncultured heathens. But I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, uncultured heathens. Mister hasn't seen the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, no, I've not seen a film from like 25 years ago, but I've read a book from a popular book from the last couple of years. So yeah, uh, I'm going with you're an uncultured. You've not seen one of the biggest films of all time. But, uh, yeah, uh, anything else anyone wants to discuss about QED? Nah. I think I've said most of it is just, man, <laughs> I have things to say, so no. You, you have things to say, but you've got nothing else to say. Yeah, I'll save them for the summing up. You know what I meant. Why uh, are you like this? You know what I meant. And in that case, as usual, we will now move to our usual conclusionary questions three for me and Mike. Would we read more? Would we buy more? Would we watch the adaptation? Uh, as I mentioned, no anime, surprisingly. But uh, there is a live-action version. And in Phil's case, would he buy it? Not that he can. Would he watch it? Not that he can. And would he recommend it? So we'll go with me. I'll go first. Surprise. Yeah, this is very fucking dense and very fucking exhausting to read, especially in the longer chapters. As I mentioned, chapter 3, around 150 pages, makes it longer than fucking Look Back, which is impressive to say the least it doesn't feel it doesn't need to be that long especially when uh when it was actually chapters two and chapter four when they were less than 100 pages it was a bit more tight a focused narrative smaller cast that was a bit more enjoyable and if it was more like that all the time i'd probably have had an easier time reading it as we've also mentioned throughout there is the easy comparison you can make to detective conan the big granddaddy of this genre although i i would say midsummer murders is the better better comparison in this case due to the way it's structured and due to the way it has like a very little ongoing narrative in fact none as we are within the context of these four outside of their becoming friends i guess so i don't know because i also feel like partly when reading this that i'm the problem so to speak that it's less the manga like it has issues but ultimately like me struggling to tell characters and all that was a case of as i said if they were animated, if they had voices, if they had colour, I'd probably have an easier time passing all the characters. And as Mike mentioned earlier on about how you can do like different little neat tricks to help a murder mystery style thing in different mediums, it would probably work better in a lot of other mediums where you're not just using flat pictures. So, and it would also probably help with me like mentally attaching things in my head like, ah, this character is... I'm going to make up a name here, Nobuhiro, and this one is Sakaguchi, and et cetera, et cetera, rather than just who, what, I, which one was that? I need more than just names in a text panel, mate. I need to see actual faces here. So maybe if they did stuff like that, I'd be more down with it, rather than a lot of it just going in the ear and out the other in those larger scope chapters. But uh, one thing I will say, though, is that clearly this has resonated with people. If Motohiro Kato has managed to make over 100 volumes across this, the sequel, the spin-off slash alternative universe-style stuff in a C CD, I think it was. CMB. CMB, thank you very much. Then 
clearly he's on to a winning formula here. Like he's still doing it to this day uh, for over 25 years. Clearly people like this. Clearly the guy's a success story. All the more impressive. I'd never heard of him before doing this. Like clearly he sits quite comfortably in that detective Conan space with no issues. So, and in many ways that makes it all the more staggering that none of it's ever been licensed and brought over here and none of it's ever been animated, which I feel would have helped me a lot if it had been. So obviously, even if I wanted to, I couldn't go and buy it and I couldn't go and watch it. I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't read more by choice. But if someone one day came up to me and said, oh, yeah, QED had a great chapter, like in chapter 72, it's a banger. It's one of the best murder mystery things I've ever read. I wouldn't be opposed to checking it out that way. I guess that's what it would take. And if it did get animated, hey, maybe I would, because again, I feel that would be a lot easier to pass mentally if it was in a more visual format, as it were, with animation and voices. So yeah, that's a, that's a long stumbling answer to say, I wish I could get more into this, but I couldn't. Maybe if it gets adapted or licensed or someone throws a chapter of it in my face, I don't know. We'll go to Mike next. Mike, my boy, would you read more? Would you buy it if you could? Would you watch it if you could? I didn't want to read the parts I did read. Like, I'd... it was just so dull and meandering, and which is weird considering it's a murder mystery. Someone is literally murdered and then they're figuring it out. That should be the most exciting, most direction-heavy thing that you can get. There's just so much, like, useless information, and it goes on and on and on. And then at the end of each chapter, it's just, haha, I solved it. But it's not entertaining. Like, even slightly, I, I don't know how they did that. I'm not surprised that there's no other adaptations of it, and it didn't make its way over here in general. Because it is quite dull, and I'm not saying you couldn't do a more realistic sort of just straight up murder mystery anime adaptation but it makes perfect sense that they got a live action one for this kind of thing procedurals are a thing and that makes perfect sense but uh the thing that did surprise me is in your intro you were saying that it won the same anime award at the same uh, manga award at the same time as fairy tale like it was a joint winner yes they uh they tied that surprises me a lot because don't get me wrong i don't think this is like the worst ever I totally understand that there will be a, an actual audience for this, probably a huge one, but man, it's just so dull. I mean, maybe, maybe it picks up later on, and like if you pick it up around even volume three or four, maybe it, it sorts its shit out and it uh, stops meandering quite as much. Like maybe it's just the first shaky few chapters, and it just so happens those chapters are 100 pages long each, so you would notice it for longer. But eesh, this is not a good sign of things going forward. And on top of that, they're not willing to build any kind of story to like back it up with. So yeah, I didn't. I suffered through these just out of boredom, and it didn't even have like the advantage of being all that clever. Because as soon as you think about it too hard, it stops being clever. So no, I won't read it. Didn't want to read it this time. I doubt it will ever get any kind of adaptation at this point. But if it does, I wouldn't watch it. And would I buy, pay for it? Fucking no. I'd rather save the trees with the amount of pages this thing would take to print out. So, no thank you. 
I'm good. Okay, so, to be clear, it is still like standard manga volume length. It's just that it happened to be two chapters in the book. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. That's all I'm. <laughs> that's all I think. So yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm never going back to it. Not even going to try and pretend. I'm not angry at it. I'm just disappointed. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Mike is sad, Dad. But uh, we'll go. We'll go then to Phil. Phil's questions. Would you buy it if you could? Would you watch it if you could? And would you recommend it, which you could? And then I tell you what, I've actually got one sneaky bonus question for you, but I'll let you do those three first. I do not think I would buy this. I didn't mind this. Like it was enjoyable enough for me. As I say, I'm not a massive mystery or murder mystery fan, but I, I found this enjoyable enough when I read it. Like, as I say, it, it's not something where I was sat after every page going, oh man, I need to crack out pen and paper and plot out <laughs> who's done what and what they've said and figure out who... No, it's not like that. It was, you read it, you kind of log it, every so often you think, oh, well, that kind of goes with this information, so maybe it was this person, but you don't... Generally not worth thinking too hard about it. Just just the check, and this, this isn't right, the right. next question. I'm getting a bonus bonus question. Uh, you're, you're getting what I thought of on the cuff. Uh, do you actually still, because obviously it's still going in sequel form, in a continuation form, I think you said. In, you in its other G-E-D-I-F-F, yes. Yeah. Do, you, do you still read it to this day? I, I do. Okay. I mean, it comes out like every six months. So I was going to say, which is this long, I'm assuming, yeah, it's bi-monthly, maybe. A big maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember the last chapter. Whether that's because there's not being chapters or they're just not being um, localized, I couldn't tell you. But uh, yes, I tell you what, I'll even throw another one in there for you, Sean. Oh my god. I read all of CMB. Whoa. The spin off, which is largely the same. It's a little different, but largely. Focuses more on like historical based mysteries. Like, someone's stolen this ancient Egyptian artifact. Please, what do? And it's his cousin or something. I forget what the exact relationship is. And they do actually have crossover every so often. Very rare, but there is crossover. I've already forgotten where we were here. What's going on? So you wouldn't buy it, but would you watch it? I, I, would, I would not buy it, no. I might watch it. I have, I have no particular... Say nothing against it. I enjoyed it. I don't necessarily think this would benefit massively from an anime. I mean, maybe it would. Say, one of the issues you said, Sean, you can't see like certain mannerisms that you might be able to give in uh, an animated media or just colour or voice or whatever. So, I don't know, maybe it would be improved for it. I don't think it necessarily would. Would I recommend it if someone was asking for a murder mystery? I'd I wouldn't be opposed to recommending it to them. To be perfectly honest, if someone said to me, hey, what's a good mystery series? I'm not going to lie, even though I've never read it, I would probably say, have you considered Detective Conan? Hmm. Because it kind of like... It, it's the ubiquitous series that yeah, everyone yeah, has heard of. It, it's the, hey, I'm looking for an anime. What can you recommend for me? And someone says, Death Note. Full Metal Alchemist. It, it's that kind of... God, what a millennial. That kind of notoriety. 
and yes, showing my millennialness there, I suppose. Boruto's dad had an anime. Bor- Boruto has a dad. <laughs> no, he, he, he is in the Boruto manga. <laughs> he did, he did. Uh, so you would recommend Conan first, but if people I've, still wanted it. If, yeah, if someone was like, hey, I've read Conan and I want another one, I'd be like, yeah, sure, give this a shot. There you go. And now, your super special bonus question. Oh, man, the original bonus question. That wasn't the previous question. Exactly. The, the OG bonus. So, this was the joint winner of that award with Fairy Tale. Now, right. I feel if, I don't need to ask Mike because his answer would be <laughs> Fairy Tale is better. And you don't need to ask me because my answer would be This is better. But Phil, <laughs> yeah. who has read all of both, what I is your. I've read all of Fairy Tale. I, you've read I've read, all a, lot, I've read, read a lot of fairy tales. I've read like tale. 80% of it, I think, at least. I've definitely read at least 50 volumes, yes. There you go. So, if, if you're on the panel, you're the deciding vote, fairy tale or QED, which one are you going for? <sighs> for giving an award to, or just my preference? I mean, you're the one voting at the end of the day, they don't have to know why you voted for it. <laughs> They don't. It's just these are two very Trash different criteria. The tournament rules. It's QED versus Fairy Tale. You're the deciding vote. If it's for the Trash Tacular Cup, this might actually happen. So spoilers. This, this might actually <laughs> happen. Yes, it would probably be Fairy Tale just because that is oh. more my sensibilities. Oh. I I like fantasy shonen. Oh, you'll be saying Lord of the Rings is good next. Now I'm going to blow your mind here, Sean. Oh no. One of my favourite film series. Ah, uh, there's no helping some people. There's a reason I've been shitposting Lord of the Rings memes recently. You'll be saying you watched Rings of Power next. I haven't actually, I keep me to. Ah, uh, fake fan. I mean, to be fair, the problem is, from some people I hear, it's amazing, it's great, and from others I hear, it's shit. So, before we get derailed anymore then, let's, let's, uh, let's bring this to a close and send you off in an entirely different direction off twitch.tv slash berserkra. That's me! Where there's a murder mystery every stream. Uh, is it, is there? <laughs> I don't know. Who's dying next time, Mike? Give, me? Give us the inside scoop. You're the... Oh, wow. Oh, can only I do that trick once. I hope it's me. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv no! slash berserkra. No, 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 no. I'm not having this. No, don't. don't <laughs> no. You've got to at least make it to 100. <laughs> you can find me at twitch.tv slash berserker. That's B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. Twitter, the same name. Facebook and YouTube. If at some point I'll probably interact with those. Uh, yeah, video games and the like is all that I really do. So if that's what you like, then come on one of those things and tell me how trash my opinions are and how much this definitely deserves to be a joint winner with Fairy Tale. The Raw Danger VOD will still be up at the time this episode yeah. goes live. <laughs> and, uh... Danger. If you want to experience the magic. Tragic is what it is. Uh, a beautiful disaster is what I would call it. In more Definitely ways a disaster. <laughs> disaster planning. Ah, uh, dear. Yes, uh, it, it is very much worth a watch. But you know what? I mean, what you, you, want, you want a mystery. <laughs> Plot that fucking game. <laughs> oh dear! But uh, let's uh, let's. I mean, if we want a mystery, then we'll we'll go to the next part of the show, the Phil's Rent a Girlfriend Update Corner. Oh right, yeah, that's the thing. Have they finished Twister yet? Yes. Who won? No one. Classic. <laughs> it was 
no, I need to go to work, so let's stop now before that, this gets that feels very maybe possibly like we might touch hands. High-octane action right there. Did they all fall over into each other no. at any point? No. no. Did anything of any consequence happen? No. <laughs> he, he was asking ChatGPT how to get a girlfriend. Wow, okay. That's, okay. that's surprisingly modern. It's also surprisingly... Oh, it's it's bollocks as well. It, but, it's you know. just you know pointless. You know what? I'm gonna ask ChatGPT how to get a girlfriend right now. Hey, maybe maybe he'll get NTR'd by ChatGPT, and that'll be actual. Please, no, please progress. don't. Please, please don't. You're not allowed to bring this up in this manga in particular because oh. the author himself did a whole fucking chapter around this, and it was dumb. Well, if you want to discuss that with Phil at Fanaxkin on Twitter, and he will lament fucking. you for. Reading and all knowing it. There, eh? You can follow me at Slazo King for the updates on whatever I'm cooking or reading or doing or figures that I'm buying. I've now, I've now the figure floodgates have opened for me now. I've got got two, and there's another one arriving tomorrow. Uh, good times. Uh, you can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast on Twitter to be notified whenever new episodes go live. And of course, you can also do that. By subscribe, you know all this. You can subscribe to us on your Spotify or Apple or Google or Stitcher or TuneIn. And you can also like us, rate us, review us, tell your friends. And you can scroll down to the show notes for links to all socials. And uh, no actual official releases for this one, but that's also where they'd be if there were in the off chance that our brilliant string of luck continues and something gets announced in the few weeks between now and this episode going live which is more likely than you might think but as quickly as we've now closed the case on one trash series there's about another 50 open cases 50 new trash murders to look into so what is the next series being inspected phil let us know next time we're reading a good old-fashioned isekai as we're going to read Kenja Namago. Oh man, is, is that to do with Kenja time? Um, you know what? Read it and find out. Oh no. So, yes, thank you very much for listening. We will see you in a fortnight for Isekai Glorious Isekai. Goodbye, everybody!